welcome to Unlock Your Wellbeing, the podcast that teaches you the simple keys to health and happiness so that you can grow as a human being into a well-being. And now here's your host, author, certified wellness coach, mother, and wife, Alicia Leadham. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unlock Your Wellbeing. I'm your host, Alicia Leadham. And today we have Dr. Stacey Francis with us. Stacey Francis has been uh, treating patients using chiropractic, nutrition, and functional medicine in the Metro Detroit area for over 25 years. Her blend of advanced training and expertise allows her to help patients achieve optimal wellness through balancing the structural, biochemical, and psyche systems of the body. From neck pain to stomach pain, autoimmune disorders or allergies, tired and can't figure out why, Dr. Stacy is here for you. She received her doctorate from the National College of Chiropractic in Illinois and maintains an active membership with the Women's Chiropractors, the Michigan Association of Chiropractors, and the Macomb County Chiropractic Association. She is a public speaker and has enjoyed speaking for General Motors, Verizon Media, Oakland County, and numerous religious and health organizations. In addition, she is a published author of the number one best-selling book, The Supercharged Method, Your Transformation from Fatigued to Energized, and has appeared multiple times on Fox 2 News and has taught anatomy and physiology at the Beaumont School of Yoga Therapy. She is clearly an expert in her field. She's an advocate for empowering and educating others in the brilliance of the human body. And that is exactly why we have her on the show today, because we want to be diving into all of her wisdom about how we can unlock um, this greatness that already resides in our body through all of her expertise and wisdom and knowledge. So thank you so much for being here, Dr. Stacey. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Alicia. Yes, I'm so happy to have you on. And I really want to dive into all of the beautiful content in your book. But before we do that, I want to ask you the uh, main question we love to ask all of our guests uh, to kick off the show. And that is, how do you unlock your own well-being? Oh, so how I unlock my own well-being, I would have to say that it is the practice that I do every day. And just being consistent, like working out in the morning, I I do that so early because I do not want my brain to be involved. Like I want, I, when you're on autopilot for your health and your wellness, it is so much better than bringing your brain into it when you, your primal brain is all about keeping you safe and doesn't want to rock the boat. So it's really happy with you staying in bed. If you if it thinks, oh, we're gonna go work out, we might hurt ourselves. It might be too hard. I don't, I don't want to expend that much energy. But if we do it before our brain starts, then we can be consistent and we can get to our health goals. And so that's the number one thing I teach people is do it, do the hard things before your brain wakes up. Mm, I love that. That's so great to just do it before your brain can, get, can kick in and tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't, you're too tired, um, whatnot, and to keep you safe, like you just said. So what are your, what do you like to do for your own workouts? I'm curious. Oh, that's a great question. So I'm actually part of something called the faster way, which is like this crazy, I mean, this blooming 
industry of online workouts and meal programs where the workouts are off the charts. So the Monday and Tuesday is high intensity interval training, and it is different every Monday and every Tuesday. And the coaches are so funny and so fun, and they kick your ass. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and, and then, and then you have weight training three days a week and recovery two days a week, and they're recorded, and you can pick your favorites and save them. But it has a um, it has a macro program for nutrition, but really this workout program is just the best thing I've ever found that I've been able to be consistent with because every time it's new, they're always bringing humor to it and they're bringing like, you know, you can do it and cheerleading and it's just super fun. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's just a video that you don't have to think about what you're going to do. You just turn on and follow what it does. And it's exactly. Not- Exactly. Very yeah. cool. I haven't it's like heard- live. It's live. So it's not like they oh, it's live. It, but it's live. Yes. Oh, very cool. Okay. So there's other people doing it with you. Right. Mm, yeah. That's the next part of motivation that sometimes yeah. helps, right? Knowing that. Super fun. Yeah. Right. You're up super early with at least you're doing it with other people. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I love that. Can you tell us more about, about your book? Just tell us. Uh, the main parts that are in it, the supercharged method. I love the name, by the way, but I think our listeners will be super interested in knowing how you can turn from fatigue to energized with your method. So tell us about it. So my book is separated into different sections. So first of all, the people that pick up my book have been tired. They are tired. They have sought out solutions and they either haven't gotten the solution or they haven't gotten the they haven't gotten the answer to their problem or they don't even know what the problem is. So some people know that they're hypothyroid, but they don't know what to do about it. But some people don't even know they're hypothyroid. And so my book does two things. One, you do not need to do any labs to read my book, but it does talk about the labs to do if you're tired. And we mostly cover thyroid anemias, which is low B vitamins or low iron. It talks about blood sugar, which is a huge one, right? And it talks about inflammation. So we cover those four topics. And I tell you what labs that I use, why I use those labs, what like the one lab of all those, but we dive deep. So you would think your doctor would do the blood work you need to identify, right? But if insurance doesn't cover it, it is not typically going to be done unless you've been to at least 10 different doctors, two psychotherapists, you've spent years looking. And then if you're lucky, a doctor will say, huh, let's check this, right? And sometimes it's your low thyroid, but 40% of the people low thyroid, it's from an autoimmune issue. And so just giving them thyroid is not enough. So they're still tired and they don't know why. Right. So, so in your book, are they able to then see what labs they can go to their doctor or wherever and say, test me yes. on this, please? Yes. There's a list of labs. They can take it to their doctor and explain why and share the book with their doctor saying, this is why I want to do it. Or they can go on their own and I give them resources of how to find those tests to do on their own. Wow. And that's just one section of the book. 
The other section of the book is how to balance your blood sugar, balance your thyroid, balance, you know, remove anemias and decrease your inflammation, even if you don't even know you have what your labs show. So that is its own entity. And so it's just chock full of things. And the best part about my book is the font is really big. So it's super easy to read. <laughs> that is a big selling point and totally very is. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm interested when if they get their their lab results, are you in the book able to help them decipher what yes. it means? Okay. So right. So let's talk about that for a moment. When you get labs done, when you get blood work done, and you get that sheet of paper, or you look on your portal, and you'll see it will say glucose, and then it will have a range, and it will say you are H or L, high or low, right? And it will give you the number that is high or low. Now, you got to remember that range is really big. And if you're falling off the edges, then you're falling off probably into a pathology, like you're already so far into dysfunction. Now, as a functional medicine practitioner, my range is really narrow. When we talk about ranges, we want you to be optimal because between optimal and falling off the edges is where everyone has their symptoms and doesn't know why. Because your doctor is not going to treat you for anything here because there's not a drug for that until you fall off the edges. And so which doctor actually sits you down and says, tell me what time you're eating what? And so that's how we go. My first visit's always, especially if it's nutrition, it is tell me what time you woke up, what time you go to bed, how many hours of sleep do you get? Do you get good sleep? What's the first thing you eat or drink in the morning? If it's coffee, tell me what you put in it, how many cups you have. What's the first thing you eat and what time? And then tell me what time is the next time. So if we're talking about blood sugar, I'm looking for, are you skipping meals? Mm. I'm looking for, are you having pastries and cereal for breakfast, right? And then you're starving all the time. Can't think, foggy headed, right? And so we look at, both ends of the spectrum, but all this is happening between optimal and falling off the edges. So you're functionally high or functionally low, but you haven't fallen off the edges yet, but you have all these symptoms and you feel like crap, right? Right. So it's a way to um, prevent it from getting so bad that you have to potentially do something drastic about it. Exactly. Right. We don't want you to get to the point where you need a medication, where you need insulin, right? Mm-hmm. And so we balance our blood sugar. We eat regularly. We don't skip meals. Mm-hmm. Remember, skipping meals is a mess because you have this primal brain that started and it's all about survival. And then you have this frontal brain that makes all the good decisions. Like, I'm going to have broccoli for lunch today. That's all a frontal decision. But when you skip meals and your body is screaming for fuel, because remember, your brain uses a lot of it then that primal brain will hijack your frontal brain and turn this off completely. And that broccoli went out the window and that primal brain is going to reach for the quickest fuel it can, which is the donuts in the conference room. Mm. Right. Right. I love that. Those are the questions that you ask because those are the questions that we would like our caretaker, our healthcare yes. provider to ask, right. want to know these simple things about me when I, what I'm eating, how much, what I'm sleeping, what my stress levels are like, 
you know, what I put in my coffee or what I don't, those because they matter immensely, like you just said. Right. Absolutely. So powerful. So um tell us more about in the the blood sugar, because you're when we skip meals, this impacts the blood sugar, which can impact your energy levels, right? And then in the book, you have a method. Uh, I do. method. Can you tell us about it? So I, um, I'm going to give this away for you for free. You don't even have to buy the book. Okay. We, <laughs> yeah, we have the book, the book in the, in the links for everyone. So go buy. Why don't you buy the book? Because the book has so much more and it has details and recipes and meal plans and all the things. But I'm going to tell you the method right now. It's super simple, but not necessarily easy. Okay. So you're going to have one protein and two vegetables every three to four hours in a 12 hour time period simple, right? Now let's talk about why and what that is. So you're going to have a protein. Protein is so important for a few reasons. One, your immune system is dependent on you eating protein. Two, your muscles need protein to be healthy. Also, your muscles need protein to recover. So if you're working out, you need protein to recover your muscles. Protein is the one thing that is very hard to, um, well, I'm sorry, not protein, muscles, you lose muscles after 40 and it's very hard to regain muscle, but you cannot regain muscle unless you're eating protein. So we always start with protein and usually you're not eating enough. So I'm going to say a minimum of 20 to 30 grams per meal if you're having three meals and even four meals if you're sorry if you're working really hard and you're um and you're weightlifting then you're going to need more protein because you're breaking down muscles to build muscles right the way we build muscles is we tear them apart and then they they seal up and then there's more bulk right and so we want that because that's what's going to get us off the floor when we're old and decrepit Okay, we want to be able to get up off the floor. So protein, two vegetables, different kinds of vegetables, different phytonutrients. This is where antioxidants, anti-cancer comes from. Decrease inflammation, right? So we want vegetables. We want a plant-based diet. When everyone's all about plant-based, it's like the biggest thing, right? But plant-based means you want to have enough, enough nutrients, enough phytonutrients, enough fiber. This is where you're going to get it from. And I want two different kinds. So red peppers and asparagus, right? Two of different kinds at every meal. So if you're eating, you know, four times a day, two, four, six, eight cups of vegetables. Now we really want more like 11 but people are getting less than two. So if you have a big salad, that's a good head start, but we want you to be consistent with a variety of vegetables. It also is fiber. So it's going to move things through. If you are not pooping every day, we're going to talk and we're going to rem remedy that. Now, some people have a hard time digesting vegetables. So it is certainly okay to have cooked vegetables. And sometimes it's, um, I make this amazing roasted vegetable medley, which is like all different kinds of bell peppers, 
and um, carrots and sweet potatoes and butternut squash and summer squash and zucchini. And I just mix it all up. I put it on a bunch of baking dishes. I put some olive oil and some salt, pepper. Sometimes I put some spicy stuff on there and I roast it at like 400 for like 30 minutes. Amazing. You just scoop it out and you put it with your protein. Simple right? And so we make it really easy. You just meal prep and then you have it for the rest of the week. It's absolutely delicious. You'll look forward to it and your body can digest that cooked vegetables a little easier, right? So don't give up the baby in the bathwater if you're like, oh, I feel so bloated from all this raw vegetables. And sometimes you need to add it slowly. So a protein, two vegetables. Got that part? Okay. Now, Every two to three hours. Remember, we talked about the skipping meals is such a bad idea, but that doesn't mean you can't intermittent fast. You can start eating when you're hungry. You don't have to start eating at six o'clock in the morning when your eyes open. Start when your body starts feeling hungry. And then from that point on, eat every three to four hours before, you know, and stop three hours before you go to sleep. So you're you can digest before you fall asleep, okay? So if you're not hungry till 2 p.m. in the afternoon, there's a problem with that unless you are up until two o'clock in the morning. So we have to work with that, but typically it makes sense. Most people get hungry between 10 and 12, perfectly reasonable. But some people want to eat at eight, perfectly reasonable. That's just fine. When you start eating every three to four hours, in a 12-hour time period. We don't want you to skip meals. We want that primal brain to know it can rely on you for fuel Mm -hmm. because if it can't trust you, it's going to be constantly reaching for sugary things because it doesn't know when it's going to get fuel again because then it just thinks there's a famine all the time, right? Right. I love that. Right. And when you eat a protein and two vegetables every three to four hours, you are not hungry and starving. And so more likely we'll stay with this frontal brain and make good, healthy choices for yourself. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And what 12, your... I'm sorry, continue. So I was just going to put one last thing, that 12 hours, it's because you need 12 hours to digest. So in a 12-hour time period, we're having a protein and two vegetables every three to four hours in a 12-hour time period because that other 12 hours is all about digestion. And after it digests, then it's going to scrounge, your immune system is going to scrounge around for cells that shouldn't be there, cancer cells and viruses and bacteria that shouldn't be there. So let it clean all that up because it's not busy digesting food anymore. Right. That is new. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Yeah. So it is so important, especially for women, menopausal women, especially to not fast for more than 16 hours. 12 to 16 is the most I'd like you to fast because then we're getting into some hormonal changes and it can upset some hormones if you fast for too long. Mm. Now, it's okay to fast, like if you have a religious holiday or you're fasting for a day here and there, totally okay. But on a day-to-day basis, you'll see some people fasting for 18 hours. I do not recommend that for um, for older women. Right. What are your favorite sources of protein? Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> 
So I have my favorite sources, but they might not be your favorite sources. Okay. So if you are, let's just start if you're vegan. If you're vegan, it's really hard to find protein that is a complete protein and really supportive for you. So you do have things like tofu, but if you're looking at things like hummus, you're only getting like three grams. Yeah. Peanut butter is only like six and one egg is only six. So we really want to combine different proteins and you can do it if you're vegan, but I'm going to probably suggest more um, protein supplemental shakes in those cases. Um, in addition to lentils and beans and rice and things like that. But if you are a pescatarian or an omnivore, it's actually much easier because then we're having chicken and fish and eggs. But when we eat these foods, we really want to be cognizant that where our food came from and how it's been prepared. Because this is when we talk about inflammation. If we're eating foods that are highly processed and has a lot of hormones and antibiotics in there, then we eat that and we become less antibiotic resistant. We get more resistant, antibiotic resistant. And so when we need an antibiotic, it's not as effective. And that's where MRSA comes in and all these horrible C. diff and it becomes a problem. So we really want to avoid eating animals that have been shot up with a lot of antibiotics, which is a lot of big factory farms. So what you want to look for is grass-fed. If it's eggs, you want organic eggs, preferably from grass-fed chickens. You want um, wild-caught fish. You don't want things that are that is so commercialized that there's just a ton of antibiotics, a ton of um, hormones. You want to try to avoid that right? So we just want to be very cognizant and know where our sources are. And there's lots of different brands that are smaller companies that really are very cognizant of that. Yeah. I'm really glad you um, mentioned that because you said it um, a few moments ago, but the big thing now is plant-based, right? And eating like soy-based, whatever they're they're making. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're demonizing meat as in like it's all lumped into that's the bad thing. But I I I'm I explain right. to people as I think you just did is it's not the meat itself, it's the quality of the meat, right? And so making sure that it's either conventional meat is not good for you, but great quality meat is really, really good for you. Yes. And so let's take it a step further and talk about how many ingredients should be on a list of something you eat. So one, eggs has one ingredient. Beef has one ingredient, right? Mm -hmm. Fish has one ingredient. If you have edamame, if you get organic edamame, that's one ingredient. But even tofu, one ingredient. But if you're going to do a, a soy burger, that ingredient list is a mile long to make it taste like a burger. And if you're worried about the fat and the cholesterol, which you shouldn't be, but you know, that's a whole different discussion, then you can use Piedmont beef or you can use bison or venison, which is a lot less fat, a lot less cholesterol in the same kind of protein, right? We have lots of suggestions. Yes. Yes. I, I think it's such an important conversation. And so, um, having those tips of what to look for on your package when you're buying your meat is really helpful. Like you said, the wild caught fish, 
um, the pasture raised eggs. What about, what about uh, chicken? That's a really big one. Where do you find yours and what do you look for personally? Right. So, you know, there's a range of how well you can, you know, you can go to Whole Foods and get, you know, in that air chilled, pristine, yeah, super duper expensive, but very, very high quality chicken. You can know a farmer, which is probably the best thing you could do, because then you can actually have conversations and see how they're taking care of the chickens. And usually if it's a small farm, they take very good care of the chickens. The chicken gets to eat a lot of grass, a lot of um, bugs and things like that, which is good for chickens. Um, even though we don't like to eat bugs, it's good that they do. Mm -hmm. And, but if money's a problem, I would be just as happy if you just chose organic chicken. If you could just do organic chicken, grass-fed would be great. But if you could do organic chicken, you're you're closer to being healthy. We're decreasing some of the inflammation. And it depends on your ability to detoxify. If you have something called MTHFR mutation, we'll talk about that in a minute, that means you can't detox as well. And so you might not be able to have just organic chicken. You might need that extra, extra. And we might need to find, you might be more tolerant to lamb which is typically a healthier meat for a lot of people because it's usually not not injected with so many things. So we would pick a little more carefully for people that have a harder time with detoxification. Now, what is MTHFR, right? So that is the a genetic inability to convert something like folic acid, which is a synthetic B9 vitamin that is in most boxes and bags like crackers and bread and, and enriched flour, right? And they can't convert it into the methylated form that your body actually needs and uses. And this will cause ADD, it will cause focus problems, memory problems, even heart issues. And the way we can identify it, and we talk about this in the book, is you, when we do the blood work, one of the things we'll test for is homocysteine. Because if you can't convert, then you're going to have an offshoot of this inflammatory compound called homocysteine, and we will see it right there, right? If that is high, we know you can't make that jump. And then we're going to say, okay, you're going to look out for folic acid. You're going to avoid all that. You're going to take a methylated folate to kind of patch those holes, and you're just going to be really aware. and. One of the things that you know that you're not detoxifying properly is if you get a headache when you walk down the grocery store aisle with all the detergents. Mm, interesting. Or you get foggy headed or in the department store when they're spraying all the perfumes at you, right? Yeah. Or if you avoid that, if you avoid that, then you know you're sensitive to that. And that's then you do want to check homocysteine and you want to check other pathways that have to do with detoxification. Wow. So you're, you're saying that you can in, understand if you don't detoxify very well through this, this test of your blood, and then in your book, you're able to help them make the diet changes so that you can better. So we're just right. We'll talk, we talk okay. about avoiding folic acid, but we 
we'll work together if it gets too complicated. If you're like, you're confused, like the book only takes you so far, right? That's when you call me and we have an appointment <laughs> together and we discuss things and we put things in place. And I'm such a good hand holder. And so I hold my patient's hands through the whole process, right? And so that they're super confident and comfortable in whatever program that they and I choose together for their health goals. Mm. Now, do you do virtual I do uh, sessions? Okay, that's good to know because we have people um, all oh. over. Yeah, right. so I'm sure. That's really great to know too. Like, okay, I can take the first step into this through the book on my own, but and if and when I need additional help beyond that, I can just call a Dr. Stacy and she can tell me what I need to do. One hundred percent. Awesome. So, what would you say in general for the general public? What are the main um, changes, the dietary and lifestyle changes that they need to do to have more energy, clarity, and, and focus overall? Okay. Well, do you want the real answer or? Yes, uh, I always I- want the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Step away from the sugar. Really, sugar is, um, I know it gets a bad rap, but it gets a bad rap for a reason. It's very, detrimental to not just um, our immune system because, okay, so many things to say about this. One, if you're eating sugar, your vitamin C does not have a place to land because sugar will land on the vitamin C receptor sites and you will not have that immune. That is why the immune system goes down. And it's not, you know, cold and flu season, like around December when you're eating all the you know, you, you start with Halloween with all those sugars, and then you continue into Christmas and, or Hanukkah or, you know, all the other holidays and then New Year's. So you really don't stop the sugar until after New Year's, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to clean up all that. But that's why people are getting so sick in that time period. It's because sugar, so much sugar is decreasing their immune system. And sugar can scratch up the inside of the blood vessels. And when it does that, cholesterol is going to go to help repair those little scratches, which means cholesterol is going to increase in your bloodstream and it's going to look like the bad guy. It's not the bad guy. Sugar's the bad guy. And so we really need to remove sugar. Now, I have a sweet tooth and my patients have sweet tooths. It doesn't mean you have to step away from sweet. Baked apples are probably the best dessert I would suggest you eat, but have it with your meal. And you can have um, allulose, stevia, monk fruit. Those are really good sweeteners to use. And I connect people with lots of bloggers that have really great recipes that use those and have like made magic with those. So do not think like you are going to feel deprived on anything that I guide you towards. You will not. Myself and my office manager were huge foodies. And so we're always giving out recipes and sharing recipes and putting together meal plans to help people really thrive and love their life and their food. Mm. I also find that when you're more satiated in your meals throughout the day, you crave sugar less. Of course. Of course. Remember, you crave sugar when that primal brain is taking over that frontal brain and hijacking it. So you really want to eat 
your protein, two veggies every three to four hours in a 12-hour time period. And in the book, we tell you where to put potatoes and rice and how to incorporate fruit and all those things and healthy oils. There are three healthy oils, not any others. Olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, those three. I was hoping you'd say <laughs> coconut oil at the end. I'm like, you say coconut oil. <laughs> those three. Do not talk to me about soybean oil or grapeseed oil or canola oil. Those are a no, and those are highly inflammatory. Just don't eat them. So my two things are step away from the sugar and stay away from those industrial oil. You think soybean oil would be like from soybeans? It's not. It's an industrial byproduct. Not good for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing... Um... Two things to remove for more energy. Stop with the the seed oils, which is in pretty much everything processed, and yes. sugar. Yes, and you'll feel a lot better. Um, side note: thoughts on dark chocolate. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So we can have a conversation if we want to dig deep. We'd probably have a conversation about um, heavy metals. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Didn't right. that just come out in like so many of the yes. videos, like even from Trader Joe's, like the really good. Yes. And I'm a huge Trader Joe's fan. Like I am such a Trader Joe's fan. Yeah. But, um, and so there is something, but what I'm going to tell you is we are back talking about your detoxification pathways. Mm. So the tests I do, and it's not included in the book, this is an extra test, is I actually do a heavy metal test on people. And we look and to see, because heavy metals have a lot to do with a lot of things and a lot of dysfunction in the body, but that's like far beyond what the book can hold. And so the book is the most common things that people have problems with. And if you do that, you will feel at least 80% better. Mm. But if you need that last little bit, that's when we look at heavy metals. We look at toxins. We look at oxalates. We look at nitrates. We look at phytates. We look at all those things, lectins, like how are you able to, like, what can you break down? What can you not? And we personalize it for you. We specialize it, right? Specific wellness is the name of my, my, um, my company because we are so specific for you, not a butter thing. I love that. Do you find uh, that people in general, if they have really strong digestion, like they're pooping regularly every day, if that shows that you are able to detoxify or do you need to take a test to really find out? So that is a good start because if you're not pooping every day, then that stool that sits in your colon, your body is reabsorbing those toxins and it has to go through your liver and your kidneys again. And you don't want that because sometimes it just gets stored along the way. And we don't want to store toxins in our body. And by the way, our bodies are brilliant and it will store toxins in fat. And then that fat, the body will not want to break down that fat because it doesn't want to release that toxin again because it doesn't want to be exposed again. Mm. It puts it safely in this fat and keeps it there. So sometimes when people lose a lot of weight really quickly, like I have a problem with Ozempic and Wagovi and even Octavia, I have a problem with those quick, not so healthy weight loss programs that lose weight really quick because you're opening up and there's a rush of toxins that they have to deal with again. And so I'd rather have controlled lose weight in a healthy way at the rate your liver can handle it. 
Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And it's more sustainable in the long run if you're able to losing muscle, you're, you know, you're able to to maintain muscle as you're losing weight. It's, you know, I could go on a whole tangent, we could have a whole conversation about that. But let's do it together in a healthy way where you're getting nutrients, you're getting protein, you're not starving yourself, and you're not hijacking your brain, right? Mm, Yes. And adrenal glands. We haven't even talked about adrenal function and what it does to that, right? I would love for you, last topic before we close this, but, and this could open a whole can of worms, um, but can you talk about um, the adrenal gland and the connection with the burnout rate that we're experiencing um, right now? Like a lot of our listeners are professionals and they tend to work to burn the midnight oil, right? And a lot, a lot of people are burning out. Yes, 100%. What do you have to do with it? Okay. First of all, let's talk about what exactly is happening. Your primal brain is out to survive and it cannot tell the difference between a charging rhino and a deadline. And it will put you into fight or flight. What that means is your body will redirect all your blood flow from your digestive tract to your heart, your lungs, and your muscles. And it will keep it there until you fight or flight. And so if you're constantly in this state, then it's cortisol from your adrenal glands shooing out this danger chemical. We got to run. We got to fight. We got to run. We got to fight. And it doesn't stop. And that constant wear and tear of the adrenal gland pushing out cortisol makes your adrenal gland really fatigued and then it can't function and then you wonder why you can't pick your head off the desk at 3 p.m right so what do we do what do we do so one it really is about balance i do not want to so we we use busy like a badge of honor right i'm so busy Right. right. Oh, I see it all the time. Like if I'm not, because I'm so busy, I'm more important as a person. Right. Yes. Yes. And I'm a culprit of that too. Like you and I, we wrote books, we have all these things going on. Right. But without, but we also know what balance is and we need to, we need to prioritize balance. Weight, like we prioritize busyness mm. and that means getting good sleep, getting all your water, breathing. In my book, one of those five things is you need to chill for 20 minutes. And sometimes that means taking a nap and that's okay. Right. You need to start listening to what your body needs. And if you feel like your brain is a hamster on a wheel, that's when you need to stop right there. Close your eyes, do some deep breathing, meditate if you know how, and get yourself out of that sympathetic state and get into parasympathetic get out of fight or flight and get back to rest and digest why do why do we get ulcers when we're stressed out because all that blood flow is borrowed from our gi system and our gi system is not working well right now it is not producing stomach acid when you don't produce enough stomach acid the valves don't close above and below your stomach if it stays open that stomach acid that's left will splash around to try to digest your food, get up into your esophagus and cause heartburn, indigestion, and it will wear away and cause an ulcer. 
Okay. We need to calm ourselves down. We need to get balance back. We need to breathe. Mm, yes. I, amen. I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's just so important. I think, um, you know, one thing that we talk about all the time on the show is people learning how to actively relax and actively rest. And this is a skill I find that we have to learn and then, and then practice it and do it. And the more you do, then the, the quicker you're able to, you know, get into rest and digest, like it, it becomes a practice. And when you first start doing it, it feels like you're doing it wrong. Or it's taking forever. And it was a waste of time because the whole time you're still thinking about, you know, that meeting that just happened, but each and every time you do it, you're getting better and better at getting, you know, into your parasympathetic. And can I say one more thing about this? Yes. So let's talk about high intensity exercise, like aerobic exercise, people that go on the treadmill or their Peloton, and they think they're decreasing their stress by going a mile a minute on their Peloton. That's not how you decrease stress. Mm right? And it, I've heard it, it can cause more stress. Yes. Yes. I, I'm so glad you said that because there's that fine line of like, well, working out and exercise is a stress reliever for me. Right. But if I'm already super stressed and then I'm putting my body through a very highly stressful exercise regimen, then that's right. actually not um, helping. It's, it's actually counterproductive. Yes. So in those cases, what kind of exercise would you recommend for people? Restorative exercise. For those people, Pilates would be good. Yoga would be good. Walking would be good. Dancing would be good. Depends on the dance, but right? Yeah. And we just want to move our bodies without stressing out our bodies. Mm. Right? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm loving this conversation. I feel like I could um, keep asking you a lot of other things, <laughs> but this has been so great and so helpful. Thank you for giving us your 12 method for free. Although I do encourage everyone to go check out the book um, because I, it sounds like they can really dive deeper into their own specific areas that um, through their blood tests, they can find out what is really causing this, this fatigue within themselves and they can have solutions already in the book, but if they need even, even more help, then they can reach out to you. Just reach out. Absolutely. Amazing. Is there anything else you would like to let our listeners know? Or, uh... well, the way to find me is through specificwellness.com, And that is our website. And you can either make an appointment. You can, um, you can find me or you can ask a question, you can call our front office staff and you can, you know, leave any question and I'll respond to it. And you can always find my book, The Supercharged Method, Your Transformation from Fatigue to Energize on Amazon. And we have lots of programs. So if you need something to support yourself, come on board and we'd love to have you. Amazing. And those programs, they can um, purchase online or are, are they like one-on-one -on -one sessions through like... So Right now, we have something called the six-month journey, which is pe getting people to their goals within six months. We're a lot of hand-holding, a lot of small groups. And um, if they're interested in that, we can have a conversation about that. Okay. Well, I'm so grateful that you're doing this work. I think it's just so very needed <laughs> for um, the time that we are living in. So thank you for, thank you for having me. Yeah, and for being on the show with us today. 
All of the links that Dr. Stacey mentioned will have in the show notes, including the link to her book, her website, and um, the way that you can contact her and learn more from her. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too.